All right, so it's nighttime, and I'm reading this book I got called The Philosophy of Charlie Kaufman. And I was reading it, and it was the introduction. And it was saying how Charlie Kaufman's film addressed so many metaphysical questions, questions of aesthetics, of meta-ethics, of epistemology. And for a moment, I was kind of reflecting on, wow, I've learned so much about just philosophical terminology in just the past few months from taking a course of philosophy at the University of Utah that kind of makes me wonder because I started watching Charlie Kaufman before this college course and I didn't know the terms of aesthetics or epistemology so it's kind of crazy to think about if I were to travel back in time to just a self that was just beginning to get into Charlie Kaufman and if I, me, my future self with all this understanding and new knowledge were to engage with a conversation with my past self about Charlie Kaufman, just how different that conversation between us would be because I've accumulated so much more knowledge in just, just such a short period of time. I wouldn't even know what the term epistemology would have meant. For those of you who don't know, it's um, uh, the study of knowledge itself. But it just kind of got me thinking about just how knowledge and information about a subject is constantly changing our perceptions as just this ever-evolving organism or thing that exists within your head, an idea that is never just solid, it's just constantly being revised, evaluated, just constant additions, the more and more knowledge you accumulate. And just that constant changing, the changing of your knowledge then kind of changes your perspective, which kind of changes yourself, and kind of brings us to philosophical questions on personal identity, and the persistence of identity over time. Because how can you be the same person when you're constantly getting more information that will separate you from your past self with that information if you were to ever come into contact with that? Like the ship of Theseus thought experiment, but only with mental items of epistemic knowledge. And just kind of found that interesting. Because before this podcast actually gets started into production with my friend Jay, I'm constantly thinking of, well, what do I want to show her? How do I, what order do I want to go in? Because I'm constantly thinking, how is the topics and ideas and concepts in one show going to affect how she's going to perceive another show in the future? And how that will affect. I also like think of, do I want to start with the easy stuff and then work our way up? Or do I kind of want to just plunge in the deep end? Because part of me feels like if I do that and just start with just the crazy blunt rob when we get to the more simpler items you can almost mine more out of it because you're more equipped 
and but I also don't want to go too far. For instance, I'm thinking uh, for the Charlie Kaufman films when we're going to be doing this podcast, I want to start with I'm thinking of ending things primarily because it's so complex in the sense that it's not like his other films in which there's a central theme it kind of funnels into. It's just this large plane of concepts that you can just look at without taking away one core idea, unlike his other films of Synecdoche, New York, and Anomalisa, and all of those. I'm thinking of anything is just a lot more of a daunting task to break down conceptually, I think. And that will kind of be a nice segue into the other Kaufman films, and then subsequently into the other TV shows. Because after Kaufman, I have this concept of three main shows I like to call the cinematic triquetra of philosophy for me, which is Westworld, then Devs, then Dark. Because each kind of just builds upon the other, and that's that balance of, with Kaufman, I'm starting out with the most complex, but with the Triketra, I'm starting out with kind of the more simpler, and then building, and so I'm constantly working on that process of what do I want this podcast to be ordered in. But that's just my random thoughts that I'm coming up with. I'm decided I just want to start recording more of my personal thoughts when I'm just alone with myself ruminating. And maybe this will get published and you can listen to this weird self-discussion. Or I can just revisit it and reflect on how much I've learned since I'm recording this now and think, wow, how far I've come. (laughs) Just more decoherence. Um, anyway, that's it for this self-log of mental thoughts. Uh, here's my, uh, thought journal, uh, log two, as it were. Um, still reading Philosophy of Charlie Kaufman on the same night, and there was this one line in it that also got me thinking shocker i'm constantly thinking sometimes it's a problem how much i think and then i just get lost in my thoughts it's part of the reason why i want to do this little thought log is because i have so many just thoughts and just how everything just intersects it's just such a massive heap of intellectual ideas that it just is hard to just mentally categorize and there's only so much writing you can do before you just kind of get hand cramps and go mad. And also that's a lot of paper to be using. And so this is just kind of my own private way to organize my various thoughts, which can then be released upon the world. And hopefully you find vulnerability in this awkwardness that I'm just spewing with. But anywho, on to the, uh, the log. Um, the line that got me thinking is, uh, does my behavior change when others are around? Do I act better? Am I more myself? And this comes at a time where, since I'm attending college at the University of Utah, 
Um, I'm taking a lot of classes, mainly just for my own pleasure of self-enlightenment and epistemic enrichment. Um, regardless of the practical reasons of going into career, which, on side note, utterly terrifies me, but maybe for another time we'll get into that. But this comes at a time where I'm doing Introduction to Sociology. And in one of those classes, we talked about the social self and the dramaturgical theory, or dramaturgical analysis, something, by Irving Goffman. And it kind of brings that a lot to mind, as well as the uh, looking glass self. Uh, I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who you think I think you I am who I think you think I am kind of deal. And the idea that what is the true self when it's constantly being affected by your environment, by your characteristics, by who you're interacting with. This is definitely true to me. I mean, how I'm presenting myself auditorially with behind this microphone, kind of in my own private thoughts at the moment, is in completely stark contrast to how I generally present myself, especially around strangers in public uh, when I'm just generally uncomfortable because I'm quite introverted to do experience some mild social anxiety. But behind the curtain the backstage of my social performance. I'm much more spirited, lively. I'm more expressive with my body language, but when I'm with other people, especially those I'm not really comfortable with, or just I'm not sure what it is that distinguishes how open or closed I am with people, but it it is in very stark contrast, and so it kind of just begs the question, well, which one of these is more authentic, more true to my actual self? Is it this one right now in the private corners, or is it the one with my closest friends, or is it the one with my parents, or with the stranger, or in a classroom, or on the bus, in a restaurant, etc., 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 which is the definitive one? And can you have a real one when you're constantly performing for other people and when your behavior changes? This, if you've seen Westworld, you will be aware of this. If you haven't, well, uh, I guess watch it, especially the third season. I know it got a bad rap the third season, but I still think there's some cool little nuggets of concepts that you can mine if you actually take the time and pan for the gold in the river. That's my analogy. Um, where was I? Oh, yes, um, in the third season. Also, by the way, just for everyone, if you're going on this weird voyage of podcastry with me, and eventually my friend Jay, um, we're automatically assuming you are kind of privy to what it is we're going to be talking about. So... Consider this like your only explicit verbal spoiler warning. Maybe I shouldn't do that in the random offshoot thought journals that I'm doing, but... Eh. Whatever. I'll just do a spoiler thing in the episode descriptions, but 
I'm not going to repeat myself auditorily every time, but be on a, I don't see why you would be listening to a specific episode about a specific show, because they will be in the title what we're talking about if you weren't already privy to what it is we're talking about, with the exception of this. Just be constant on guard. Like, this is a complete spoiler area. Um, so be advised of that from now on. Anywho, um, so in Westworld Season 3, there's this character named Caleb, and the main protagonist, the host, Dolores, chooses him to wage a rebellion against Serac and Rehoboam to make humanity free because of, apparently, this instance in the actual park of park five for training military recruits where he's like well i'm not going to uh, rape these robots while the other soldiers were kind of toying with the notion but that scene always gets me thinking like that's interesting though because was that really him or with the soldiers who wanted to do the rape was that really because they were rapity assholes or was it because like they were aware that these aren't these are robots they are explicitly told like they're not conscious they're not they don't feel anything and so would that affect how you would think just like what's the point of caring about not doing one thing or another if you don't think that there's going to be any impact on because with the host, they're basically just an object, and you're basic. It's just essentially just using sex toys to masturbate when you kind of think about it, if you think that the hosts aren't conscious. And yet, in the show, Caleb's like stopping them, and Dolores is like, that's your capacity to choose between violence, but it always got me thinking, like, is that really him, though, or was that just this weird circumstance? And was that really the other soldiers being, like, to their cruelest nature? Or was that just more a product of their context? Like, they, like, showing your true colors is, like, difficult when you're constantly showing different colors for different people on this dramaturgical stage of life. And it's just quite interesting to ponder how that has implications for personal identity. Like, to what extent does your environment play in the creation of yourself? And to what extent is are you your true self when you don't have those same constraints and you're by yourself in private, in backstage, which is more real? Because, and which has more impact, which matters more, because generally, the front stage is more influential in your life, but in some ways is kind of less genuine, less true than your backstage self, which has the least impact on your general life events. And so this just, this just an interesting idea. Um, I'm not really sure... The main point of this isn't to give you clear thoughts, it's just to, like, put these down and expose you listeners to them and hopefully spark up something. 
But yeah, this isn't very organized. I'm not even sure if I fully satisfy getting my point across to myself. If you're completely lost, I apologize. If you're getting something, congratulations. Um, yeah, but anywho, that's all I can think of to say for uh, log two of the thought journal. Until the next log. So here I am on this lovely little afternoon watching an episode of one of my usual cable network channels. Um, and it's, I contend for me at least, this episode is like the best one of the entire series thus far. It's very nuanced, it's complex, it's rich. Basically, it's discussing ideas of political polarization. That just because someone votes for someone or believes something, that that boils them down to good or evil. And how that's just, like, way too over-reductionistic. And I love that. But that's not what I'm here to talk about right now. Because I was curious if everyone else agreed with my thinking that this was like the best episode ever and so I wanted to compare this episode with ratings from other episodes of the show on IMDb and even though I know this is like rule one of the internet to not read the comments I'm a bit of a masochist and just still like to do that and some people are thinking that saying it was bad because it was still political. I mean, some of them completely missed the mark and thought that they were trying to advocate a particular ideology when the whole point of the episode was to highlight that it's not just about ideology. So they clearly missed the mark on that. But also, like, they kept... There's, like, this common theme about how they don't watch TV to, like, be quote-unquote preached to but to just be entertained. And to an extent, there's like nothing wrong with that. I appreciate that some people just need to decompress, not worry about the stressful events of the news, and just watch something for the pure sake of escapism. But there is a line between just taking time for just pleasure and self-care and not let all the crazy political stuff stress out your life and healthy escapism Versus just straight up just shutting out the world because it's just too uncomfortable for you to deal with. Like, that's just too much disengagement. And there are plenty of other TV shows that accomplish that positive, healthy escapism. Like, there's no connection to politics at all. There's no ideology. They're just there. They're like, the sitcoms, the whatever. They're just there. You don't need to be learn any lesson you can just watch it have a fun time move on with your life and there's nothing wrong with that but what gets me angry is when people think that that's all tv is it like this medium is not just for mindless entertainment consumption like it's storytelling storytellings have messages and morals and just because it's a touchy subject of politics doesn't mean it's like not an important one to have. And just because you're evaluating something as poor quality, just because you don't like being told something new or different that could be 
thought-provoking and that is just not that actually connects that's not escapism that's retreatism and that seems a lot more unhealthy to me because that is just not challenging your worldview at all you're just shutting everything out and i think that's one of the greatest plagues of modern day politics is not just that it's polarized but that also american culture in general just views politics as this dirty thing that we just can't be involved in and we're just very disengaged with it except for older people who have questionable choices and some are not questionable and both sides left and right are just this the same human mistakes because there's nothing to do with the characteristics of one particular ideology of conservatism or progressivism or whatever is nothing to do with that it has is entirely with just human nature and social psychology explains all of that and that can be overwritten with like a bit more humility and more open conversation but when you're just utterly disqualifying an episode just because it's asking those questions because you think you're being preached to then you're not turning towards self-improvement you are basically just being a mindless sheep spoon-fed entertainment for sake of complacency, which sounds like a little like conflict theorists, which maybe it is. But, you know, one thing I've learned from sociology is like there's so many different theories that not even one of them is like proven correct. And they just tell us stuff and make us think because we don't need to have a definitive conclusion. It's just an idea and a theory that can help us see the world in a different way. And that can maybe be very beautiful and constructive and lead to progress. And that's the whole point. That's one of the purposes of storytelling. It's to share ideas and hopefully strive towards better society, a better person than we were before when we watched it. Like, you should take something away, not just be spoon-fed stuff to pass the time. That, that's not growth at all. Because when you rely on TV just for escapism alone, if we take Plato's allegory of the cave, that is not crawling up into light to get to the higher truth. That is willingly, without chains, heading into that cave and staying there, even though you have the option to leave, to see an uncomfortable truth in a bright light. But instead, you just stay in the darkness of your own volition, and that is a fate worse than death. That is like in Maniac with Don Quixote, just condemning yourself to a never-ending dream landscape, or just forever being inside of the experience machine, not just like for a moment, for a quick joyride, but permanently. And that is not a way to live, in my humble opinion.